0: Good afternoon, this is Jeff Stevens. It's uh, March 29th, still in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. And um, it's kind of odd looking at things in the news lately. Uh, You know, one of the things we're seeing is, as Americans, who, uh, although united in a lot of ways, we tend to separate ourselves in a lot of ways. And this week, we're separated into two pretty unique categories and that is those who are considered essential personnel and still going into work and those who are not essential and are staying at home. In the midst of staying at home, I am absolutely positive that people are taking in an unbelievable amount of social media, media, movies, surfing the net, watching videos on YouTube or TikTok or whatever platform you're on, And um, I got to thinking about it last night because I was just um, looking over some information for my family for upcoming study and trying to put together kind of a different plan or a different approach for how we look at the Bible as a text. And um, it followed on right into this morning where I was watching a video by a pastor whom I like to listen to pretty regularly named Vodi Bauckham. Uh, very good speaker. I definitely recommend him. But anyway, he was uh, speaking at a college, and he was talking about why he believed the Bible to be reliable. You know, this is a big topic. You know, textual criticism is a huge topic in the Christian world. Uh, it is one of the biggest ways that uh, believers are, I'm going to use the word attacked, but I'm attacked um, in the sense that people will disbelieve you or your faith is based on um, a lack of evidence for the Bible or for its reliability. And, you know, I just want to encourage you today, for those of you who are taking in all that media, here might be a new way to do some of your Bible study. So, you know, let's look at uh, Peter's words here real quick. So in 1 Peter 3, uh, one of the things that Peter talks about, he talks about marriage for here for a little while, and then he goes into suffering uh, for righteousness, and he talks a lot about how we're gonna suffer. Now, I don't feel, as Christians, we're suffering a lot in the United States, although there's a lot of criticism of us, and there's a lot of things going on legally that we, of course, disagree with. But uh, there are not Christians right here within our borders who are necessarily being beaten or killed for our faith, although it might be in the future. A lot of places around the world they are. But nonetheless, it's very important uh, that we know why we believe what we believe. And one of the parts here, Peter is talking about uh, suffering for righteousness, and he says in his letter, In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Then, of course, he tells us to do it in gentleness and respect. And, of course, we try to do that with anybody because the best thing we could do is convince them that Christ is who he said he was, that he suffered, was crucified, buried, died three days later, rose from the grave and is seated at the right hand of the father. That's our goal is to get them to believe that. But it's also uh, real important here in the first part of that verse, like being prepared to make a defense. So how do you add that into your daily study? Um, There's a lot of ways that you can do it. But first, I want to talk about why it's important. So why is it important to be able to make a defense? And what does that mean? You know, we start looking at statistics of kids that leave home. One of the things that's a huge problem is they get amongst non-believers, or maybe not even non-believers, but people who are just questioning who they are, people learning about themselves, learning about their faith. And they get asked things like, why do you believe the Bible is reliable? Or they're just foolish people who give you a bunch of junk information that's not even true, like a blanket statement like, Well, the Bible's been translated, you know, hundreds and hundreds of times over. Therefore, it can't be reliable, which is um, a foolish, foolish thing to say. And it shows a complete lack of understanding of textual criticism or history or the way that the Bible is translated from the original Hebrew and uh, Greek and Aramaic. So one of the things that happens is we end up losing kids because... Uh, they're unable to really give an answer so how do we prepare them for that and that is when you do your study one of the things you can do is look at who wrote the book when was it written and with some simple searches you can find out you know where did we get the reliability of the book is it from a certain codex or is it something that uh, you pull from a certain unique writer and what are the earliest transcripts of that are they transcripts that uh pieces of parchment are found, um, in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, ways to kind of metaphorically to skin that cat. Um, so I would just encourage you in that, add that to your daily study, if you will. Um, I know a lot of you are at home and you are, you know, looking at a lot of things on the internet and there are things that can pull you away from the truth Really, really quickly. So this morning as I'm looking at uh, a, a Vodi Bakum video I find a video of a guy who basically takes apart a speech of Vodi's and just rips it um, And it's not even good information. It's just junk and as I get about 15 minutes into watch I can't even watch anymore because it's not even worth replying to someone who basically comes from a stance of foolishness foolishness and And it just probably would be uncooperative in their uh, replies. So uh, anyway, blessings to all of you today. And uh, I hope that as you dig in, for those of you who are non-essential and you're sticking around at home, you know, prepare your kids uh, as a husband and a wife, you as well, study together in this way. Learn about the text. Why is it something that we rely on? Why do you rely on this text every day? You open the book and you read it, but why is it true? Uh, remember, just having a good feeling isn't enough. A lot of religions in the world give you some sort of special feeling. It's not enough. Why do you believe it? So uh, be blessed. Um, spend time in the Word of God today. Spend time in the Word of God this week. There's plenty of great videos out there. As I said, watch Bodhi. And uh, have a great weekend. Good morning. Jeff Stevens here. Um, coming to you this morning. Um, having dug in on the epistles of John a little bit more, and uh, I've been here for a number of weeks. I've been in the epistles for a while now, and I continue to read them, and I continue to just get fed by God out of the epistles, and I'm feeling like I'm going to be in them for a while, and sometimes I'll read a whole chapter, and sometimes I only get through a few verses, and I feel like God's really dealing with me in a lot of ways through the epistles, and I would encourage you, if you have not, to get into the epistles of John and just see how rich they are, how deep they are. And this morning, I'm in 1 John in the third chapter, and I just, right from the get-go, I look into the first verse, and John says, "'See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us, that we would be called children of God, and such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us.'" Because it did not know him. And, you know, I like doing exegetical type studies and they're not always every word in the original language. But you can pick out words that when you find them in that language, they really do kind of change context a little bit. Um, and this one isn't super deep, but I just, I thought it was pretty cool because the word know is used twice. And what does that really mean that the world doesn't know us because it doesn't know him? And I got to thinking like, how does anybody in the world not know who God is? You know, everybody's been exposed to God. Missionaries have been around, gosh, forever. You know, the word of God has been printed. It's been delivered everywhere, shipped everywhere, flown everywhere. There are TV shows and radio shows And, uh, you know, I'm positive the Bible's been written in almost every language that's out there. So, how would somebody not know God? And this is where understanding language is important. You know, we get the word gnosis, which is the Greek word where we get the word to know, where we get the word knowledge, where we get the word Gnosticism, or the word Gnostics, or people who believe you can achieve a higher being through philosophy or through knowledge. And the root word for both the words know here are important because they're John uses them slightly different. And in this case, it says, for this reason, the world does not know us. And that word know is really simple. It's just like you don't know. You just don't, um, at a very simple lever, level, know who somebody is. But in the second part, because it did not know him, that word know is actually... A word, um, "egno," which is a real deep, real visceral understanding of who God is, and you know, just if you think about it in real simple terms, here, God has called us children; He is our Father, and the world doesn't know us because we do; it does not know Him. If you put it in the context of, you know, just somebody's household. It would be hard to go over to somebody's house for dinner. Say when you're a kid and you go to your friend's house and you're sitting next to them and, and the other kids, the other siblings are around the table and they're with their mom and dad. And you may like their mom and dad. They may seem like they're cool folks. They may seem like they provide for their kids. But there are truly things that you don't understand about their relationship because you're not a, a part of it. You don't know... Um, the meals that have been cooked, the conversations that have been had. You don't know the losses or gains in their life. You don't know the sacrifices their parents have made for their kids. You don't understand that relationship when you're not there. It may seem very superficial while you're there. It may seem like a deep love, but it may not be when you leave. And that's really what John is trying to get us to understand here is that because they're not a part of the family, That The world doesn't really understand how much you love your father and how much your father loves you and the sacrifice that he has given through his son, Jesus Christ. They just don't truly understand. And of course, it's our responsibility to help the world understand. So we're going to bring the love of Jesus Christ to everybody so that they understand the love of the father. And we're in this time where this virus is going around and there's a lot of people who are gonna be driven away from God out of their own selfishness or their own weakness. And there's gonna be a lot of people who are driven to their knees who are gonna find God in that moment where they're hopeless and they need hope. And so, of course, we're gonna to continue to pray for all of those people and continue to lift them up to God and hope that he touches their heart and helps them to understand who he is. But I would encourage you today, dig in on 1 John 3, really cool to look at this and understand the really personal relationship that he has for us that um, we are his children and we are part of his family and he calls us uh, his children and we call him our father. So have a fantastic day and keep digging in on the word of God.